With that in mind, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you have done, all you continue to do in our lives. We know that where more than two are gathered, you are present, and we recognize that, and we recognize your presence today. Lord, we ask that you just bless this church, bless this congregation, bless us individually as a people. We thank you for your loving kindness and your presence. Lord, teach us through the power of the Holy Spirit what you want us to hear today. And Lord, that the words used are not my words at all, that they're your words as provided through the power of the Spirit. We thank you, Lord, and we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, there has been an ongoing theme, as you all know, uh, that I have been shown personally, uh, as well as through the church over the past few months. We have, um, now this goes back into 2020, that year 2020, right? The year of clear, the year of vision, right? 2020 vision. Uh, that's what was said at the beginning of the year, and we we certainly got that and more. Um, we're gathering together as a church now in person a little bit more, but pretty much since April of 2020, we're gathering online as well. Whole different church as we know it today, and the ongoing theme uh, has to do with what the time that you and I are spending in the Living Word. Of Jesus Christ. And I trust that you're spending more time in the Word. We've had time to do that because either we had to sit home because our jobs weren't allowing us to go to work, we weren't able to do certain things. So I'm going to trust that you use this time wisely. Amen? It's been over a year now, and hopefully you've been using this time wisely in getting into the Word. And, of course, we've had greater time to spend on our own looking at our lives in general. Amen? Amen. Everything that we've been doing. Our careers, for those of us who are still working. How many of you are still working? Yeah, okay, your careers. There have been some changes that have taken place as far as how you even look at that. Um, Our diets. Our physical health. I was making a joke this morning. We've seen more commercials on TV about Peloton this and Mirror that. And uh, what's the old company? I can't even think of the name. The ones that started out all together. Nordic Track. Even Nordic Track is back on the air. You know why? Because everybody else is on the air. All these different places talking about health and fitness. Because you couldn't necessarily go to the health club. You would have to do it at home. So wellness has been an issue too, amen? Being well. And hopefully you're using the time also productively, as we have mentioned, with looking at your spiritual health. Spiritual health. Very important. A very important focus on our faith and our study time as we consider where we are in our personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay. Now, in the midst of composing this message, I have a very strong impression from the Holy Spirit that Satan is continuing to, what I'm going to call, ramp up attacks. Ramping up attacks 
of those who are both believers in Jesus Christ and even those who are leaning toward God more and more in the midst of stresses and strains. Before the pandemic, we had stress and strain, amen? During the pandemic, we have a whole new breed of stresses and strains that have taken place. Some of that is because you're sitting at home all the time. It's not necessarily a good thing. You know, one of the most important things that we can do as a people is to get outside and get some sunshine and get some vitamin D. Vitamin D is a big deal. Vitamin D has everything to do with how well you can fight off a virus. And if you can't get outside and get vitamin D, you better take supplements. Amen? Does everybody know what I'm talking about here? It's not meant to be a, I'm not a doctor, but you can read this stuff and see it on, on your own. Vitamin D, big deal. But as far as Satan is concerned, you know, it's nothing new. He ramps up attacks all the time. But it's my sense in the last few weeks, it has really seemed to intensify. That's just my take. Now, your take may be different, but I'm going to challenge you that Satan is always busy. Amen? He's not taking time off. My suspicion is that there are more and more people out there praying and making petitions, praying with specificity to our Heavenly Father about many aspects of life and where we all stand in it. Satan is on attack right now, and of course Satan has a lot of help with this attacks. Do me a favor, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Ephesians chapter 6. Let's take a look at verses 10 through 18. Now we have all seen this passage before. But it's always a good thing to be reminded of what God provides for you as protection as you fight off Satan's attacks. And if you are not relying upon this protection, then perhaps we have to have a whole other discussion. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Verse 10. Finally, this is the Christian Standard Bible version. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil, spiritual forces in the heavens. As you can see, Satan is not alone. Verse 13, for this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Take your stand. Verse 14. Stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith which you can, which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the devil, of the evil one, pardon me. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Prayer and stay in the Word. Notice how that's all rounded out with what we need to be doing. So prayer and staying in the Word is a daily practice. Now Jesus, in the same way, reminds us that the struggle in the flesh that we all have to deal with is real. The struggle is real. How do we know this? It says it in Matthew 26, 41. Turn over to that real quick. Matthew 26, 41. If you remember, Jesus in his human form was in a real wrestling match at this time. He was wrestling. He was wrestling because of the fact that he was in the flesh. Now, he never sinned. Let's be clear about that. There's no question about sinning. But in our human form, in our human state, we do a lot of wrestling. We ought to be good at it. Hopefully we're good at it. We're not getting pinned all the time. Amen? Okay. Matthew 26, 41. I'm going to give you the King James Version. This is Jesus speaking. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit in thee is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is what we all have to reckon with. That's what he reckoned with. That's why he's saying to stay in prayer. The flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. And it's weak because of who we are and where we are. That's why. The primary description for our domain of residence. Of course it's the world. But I'm going to add that it's a place of darkness. We live in a place of darkness. Amen? Darkness. The darkness is also a representation of Satan. His deception and sin, which relies upon our weakness to succumb to temptation. He wants us to succumb to temptation over and over again. We are tempted every day in some way, shape, or form, aren't we? Amen? Well, he wants us to succumb to temptation and fall into sin and remain in sin. If you remain in sin, you can't have fellowship with who? Jesus Christ. Now, this is a darkness that we can overcome, but I'm going to add a word. We must overcome. We cannot allow this darkness to prevail in our lives. We must overcome it. Otherwise, it can and will destroy you and all those who fail to escape from it. Amen? It'll destroy you. Satan's not playing games with you. He wants to destroy you. All of us. A lot of people don't take you know, they, they dance around the edge all the time, right? They're, they're playing games here, they're doing a little voodoo over here, they're doing a little 
psychic stuff over here. They're doing all kinds of things, dancing around the edge of this stuff. You see Steve stuff on TV all the time, talking about the good witch here and the witch over here. You know what? Ain't nothing to play with. It's satanic. Turn off that dog on TV sometimes, y'all. Ain't nothing good on TV. There is, there is very, very little that's good on TV. And I know I've said this before. I, I don't mean to be preachy about it. But I'm going to preach a little bit. Amen? My wife and I watch game shows just about all day long during the week. I am not kidding you. I am not joking. Old school game shows too. To tell the truth, password. Stuff that's been on years ago. A different era, a different time. But you know what? The less that you pollute your mind with some of the foolishness that's out there on TV, the better it is for you. It's very subtle. All right, it's enough preaching for that right now. Satan is an active adversary for sure. He is actively attacking and subjecting us to distractions, to temptations that rely upon our flesh. But believers have to what? As it says in the armor of God, stand firm. Stand firm. Take a stand. And not allow him to defeat us, especially when we know that we already have the victory. If you know you already have the victory, why are you trying to lose? Turn to John 10, 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus is telling you exactly who your enemy is. Your enemy does not want you to prosper. Your enemy wants you to wallow in misery. Your enemy wants you to dwell in depression. And that's the other thing. When you watch the news every day, all they talk about is negative stuff. The enemy wants you to wallow in depression and keep you depressed. Do you recognize that? Do you see that? Guess what, y'all? You ain't got to watch the news every day. You don't have to. You really don't. It's been the same every day for the last 300 days anyway. So why are you watching it again today? It's depressing. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I, referring to Jesus, came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, are you going to take this time where things are loosening up a little bit and start living this abundant life? Well, that's up to you, isn't it? It's up to you. You have to make a decision. So with this in mind, it's very, very important for all believers to be ready, not just personally, not just in your own life, but be ready to speak to those who need encouragement. Or at the very least, remind these individuals that you'll always be ready to talk to them when they are ready to talk themselves. Be available for others. Be available for people to speak to them and encourage them. The stakes for these people and their very souls is very high, very high indeed. 
I believe you know who I'm referring to. People who don't know the Lord. You speak to them. Be ready to speak to them. The Spirit should be compelling ongoing thoughts and prayers for our family members, our friends, our acquaintances, our co-workers, people who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Remain in the Spirit, and He's going to guide you as to how to respond and live in accord with Jesus Christ. You are His vessels. Amen? You, you are His vessels. To reflect His love for each and every person that you come in contact with. Amen? You're a vessel. You're here for a reason and a purpose. We'll talk about that more as we go here. Take a look at something that's very important for us to always keep in mind as it says in Scripture. Go to 2 Peter 3.9. It's a good memory verse as well, too. 2 Peter 3.9. In the same way that Christ wants to see people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that should be your underlying mindset as well. You want to see people come to Christ. Certainly you want to see your family members come to Christ. Amen? They may all hate you. Maybe you're the only believer in there. But you still want to see them come to Christ. Okay, right. So it doesn't matter how they feel about you. It's how you feel about them. And you are praying and serving up prayers for those people on a regular basis. Lord, please rescue this person. My brother gives me a hard time. But he still needs Jesus. Amen? Second Peter 3.9, Christian Standard Bible Version. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Thank the Lord for his patience. Patience. The Lord's patient with me. Praise the Lord for that. And the Lord is patient with you too. Praise the Lord for that. We are not to lose focus on Jesus Christ, His gospel, or His truths. Don't lose your focus. We must be active in the faith and ready to live as James declares in his letter to believers. In Jesus. What letter is that? In the book of James. Look at James 1. Let's look at verses 22 through 25. James is speaking to fellow Jewish Christians. And that's what this letter, this entire book, the book of James, I've talked about it before. The book of James could be the first book you look at if you open a Bible if you've never looked at a Bible before. You could start at James if you wanted to. It encapsulates everything you need to know about what it is to be a believer. That's just my opinion. You know, other people are going to have different opinions about that. I'm giving you my opinion. But if you read all of James, you'll kind of see where I'm going with that. In verses 22 through 25, chapter 1, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural 
face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Verse 25, but the one who looks into the perfect law, depends on what you're looking at, amen, look at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. It's more important for you than just knowing the word, but doing what the word says. That's us. This is sometimes the line of difference between people who say, yeah, I know the word, I know the word, but you don't see any evidence of it. Actions speak louder than words. Amen? So keep that in mind as we go forward here. Actions. As you live in Jesus Christ through the Spirit and obey His commands, you have to be obedient to His Word, amen? That's a prerequisite. I don't want to gloss over that too much because it is a prerequisite, but you got to love the Lord, and that's in obedience. And if you do those things, you are making a difference in the world. Amen? You are making a difference in the world. A difference where people can see your life and your actions. And they are nothing less than those that are inspired by God himself. That's what people need to see. Living for the Lord. Not just talking a good game, but doing it. Amen? We don't need no talkers. We got a lot of people who talk and brag about stuff all the time. Stuff is meaningless too. We need people who are living for the word. Young people, old people, male and female, everybody making a difference in the world by living for Christ. Heads up, uh, my bride, this might be a hot tea day later. Okay. Just a, just a heads up. I'm just getting started. <laughs> it is God's will for you to be a reflection of himself. Now listen to this one more time. It is God's will for you to be a reflection of himself. It's his will. So now this is an obedience issue. That's what he wants of everyone in this room. A reflection of himself, who he refers to as the Father of Lights. He refers to himself as the Father of Lights. Where do we see this? Go to James 1, and let's look at verses 17 and 18. James 1, verses 17 and 18. Father of Lights. How do you combat darkness? It has to be with light. Verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from who? The Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. 
By his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. First fruits. Where have we seen first fruits before? Well, I'll tell you. It comes from the Old Testament. First fruits is an Old Testament term. What is he referring to? What is James talking about? The first fruits, which is one word, sometimes it's broken up into two words, first fruits. Um, it refers to a Jewish feast that was historically held in the early spring at the beginning of the grain harvest. It occurred on the third day after Passover, and it was during the second day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. That's a very, very big feast, and it's very important. The Feast of First Fruits was a time of thanksgiving for God's provision for his people. That's what it represents. It's referred to, we won't have to turn to the whole thing, Leviticus 29, 23 Verses 9 through 14, it was to commemorate the exodus of the people of Israel from Egypt and from captivity. God gave many reminders about the people of Israel. Remember where you came from and where you are now. You are no longer slaves, but you are free. And He had many occasions, including this feast, to represent that. Do you remember the day when you became a believer in Jesus Christ? Where you no longer were a slave, but now you are free? Here's a key point. Live in freedom. Live in freedom. Don't live as if you're a slave. A lot of folks get caught up in old stuff and they just, and they live the way they used to live. Baloney. Live as a free person. But I digress. The first fruits was grain that was gathered for the priests who would offer it to the Lord, and no other grain was to brought to be harvested until all the first fruits were brought forth. There was an order that had to be followed. Now let's take a look at Leviticus 23.14 just to get one verse out of that selection that I wanted to try to present to you. Because there is a meaning behind everything that God puts forth. Amen? There's a meaning behind it. See, God just doesn't put stuff in His Word just for amusement purposes. It's there for a purpose. It's there to make a statement It's there to solidify and reinforce His will for your life. Leviticus 23.14 English Standard Version And you shall eat neither bread nor grain parched or fresh until this same day until you have brought the offering of your God It is a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. In other words, you do this and you don't forget it. And you keep doing it. And you keep doing it as a reminder. This is what he dictated to the people of Israel. Now in the New Testament, first fruits was referred to several times 
as the newest converts for Jesus Christ. Remember the context of when this was written. It was written during a time when the way was brand new, relatively new. So the first fruits that James is referring to are new believers, new converts. Relatively speaking. That's what he's talking about here. It represents God's harvest of souls. Harvest. Harvesting people. Their souls. For all eternity. Jesus gives emphasis to the harvest in this manner. Go to Matthew 9. Keeping y'all busy today. Moving those Bibles and electronic devices around. Just flipping your fingers back and forth. But it's all relative. It's all good. Amen? Amen. It's all good. Matthew 9, verses 35 through 38. Matthew 9, verses 35 through 38. English Standard Version. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. Verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Boy, sometimes that sounds like us. Amen. 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 In all seriousness, it does sound like us. Verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Harvest. See? Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest. To send out laborers into his harvest. Pray that the Lord sends out laborers. Where am I going with this? Guess who the laborers are. Okay? Let's continue. We are the first fruits that James is referring to. We are the ones. Believers are the manifestation of God's glory. We are the manifestation, the living manifestation of God's glory. Because you believe in Jesus Christ, you are the living manifestation of God's glory. Do you look at yourself like that? You should. That's who you are. How we appear to the world means everything. How we appear, what people see, it means everything. Amen? It does. If we don't go out into the world, what's the world going to do? Where's the harvest? We are to remain in earnest prayer for not just others to go out, but for each one of us to be used by God as we go out into the world. Amen? How we go out into the world is the antithesis of darkness. 
It's the opposite of darkness. We're to be the light. We are to be the light of the world. We are to be the reflection of the Father of lights. When you look in a mirror, you should be seeing not just yourself as a person, but you're seeing yourself as a reflection of Jesus Christ, the Father of lights. There should be a radiance about you that people should see. That's what needs to happen. More than ever, believers do not just need to be the light in the world, but they must be the lights of the world. Must be. That's a mandatory statement. Must be. Not woulda, coulda, shoulda. We don't need woulda, coulda, shoulda Christians. Sorry, my bad. We don't. We need people who are committed. You must be the lights of the world. You have to reflect Jesus Christ and all that he represents. What does he represent? Love. Care. Concern. Grace. Mercy. And of course, salvation and eternal life. That's what people need to see. We must be the light because we must convey the gospel message to those who are willing to listen. And here it's me. Not everybody's going to be willing to listen. We already know that. And we know that because guess what? Satan's busy. So you know who your enemy is. Amen? No surprises. But you still be ready to speak it. Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. I'll let you turn to that. Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. I won't rush you along too much. I'll try to keep it moving here. Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. I love Jesus' word pictures. Everybody know what I mean by word pictures? Jesus has given us in Scripture word pictures for you to see and understand exactly what he's talking about. So if you look at it, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. He says in Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Amen? Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Your good works. You are a doer, not just a hearer. People can see who you are. And you're giving glory to God the Father in your actions, in your daily movement. That's who you should be. That's who you must be. Amen? Amen. I'll give you Philippians 2, verses 12 through 16. You don't have to turn to it. Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, 
For it is God who is working with you in both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing. Stop right there for a moment. We need fewer people grumbling and arguing. The world wants to grumble and argue and grumble some more and argue some more. Guess what testimony is not being told? About Jesus. Stay out of that mess. Stay out of that mess. You ain't got to grumble or argue with anybody. Amen? Amen. Just because somebody does it in front of you, say, well, that's nice. And move on. It's not productive. Verse 15, so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God, who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation. That's the world of darkness we're talking about. A crooked and perverted generation, all they want to do is grumble and argue. And lie and steal. Amen? Hey, the line is drawn, everybody. It's very clear what the light side is and what the dark side is. He wants you to shine like stars in the world by holding firm to the word of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. So, what does this verse say? We are to shine before others. We are to shine before others. We are to shine like stars in our walk in faith in Jesus Christ. The light of Jesus Christ always prevails and overcomes darkness. John 1 verses 4 and 5 says, And in him was life, and the light was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, by all accounts, the world has embraced the darkness. Amen? We know about that. So, we need to proceed with the understanding that God's goodness is what's most important here. About how his blood redeems us. All those things that we understand about what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. So, what does being a light for Jesus really represent? Three points to cover very quickly. It won't take long at all. The first thing, stay alert. It blew my mind this morning when I heard someone say on TV, stay alert. Dr. David Jeremiah said the same thing this morning in a message. Did everybody catch that? He said the same thing. Stay alert. Now, he didn't copy off of my notes. And I didn't copy off of his notes. So what that tells you is, is that we've got a time where the end is near. We have to stay focused. Stay alert. The Holy Spirit is going to be your guide as you actively live in faith in Jesus Christ. He helps us to be ready for any occasion, for any opportunity, for any situation where we are to speak the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Being ready for any occasion. Let me ask you a question. It's a rhetorical question. Are you ready to speak to people about Christ right now? Now, that's a yes or no answer. You can keep it to yourself. But you are to be ready. And not just be ready, but stay ready. Stay alert. Stay alert. In the same way a police officer or a firefighter has to respond to calls at a moment's notice, 
it's not like he can just look at his watch and say, well, I guess I'll get around to that. That's not going to work. When the call is made, you go. In the same way, you need to be in a position of readiness as you move about. This is with the assumption that every believer is studying the word every day. Go to 2 Timothy real quick. 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. Look at what it says here. Do your best. Now... Those three words kind of tell you where this is going. You don't do a half job. You don't do a partial job. You do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. You cannot half step this. This is not a half-step moment for you. If you want to stay alert, you got to go all in and do the best you can. Is it going to be perfect? No. But you still do the best you can. Amen? Words mean things, everybody. The words do your best is not something that you half-step on. Second point. Pray and seek Him more. Pray and seek the Lord Jesus Christ more. And we just got through saying earlier on here, we've had a little bit more time to get into the Word. If you have not gotten into the Word more in the last few months, shame on you. And I'm just telling you right now, shame on you. Where you've had that time, and you're sitting around, and you couldn't do nothing anyway. Amen? Alright, it's kind of preachy. I, I'll back up a little bit. But if I'm lying... Amen? Every believer who is staying alert must have an active prayer life. Amen? An active prayer life. I mean, hey. Your prayer is your ongoing communication with Jesus. Not like I got to tell you that. But it is. That's what you should be doing. Your investigation of God's word should be accompanied with prayer and meditation of what you have read. This is a quiet but meaningful phase of your practice of an active faith in Jesus. You're doing this because what? You're a doer of the word. You're doing what the word is saying. You're studying it and you're actively seeking the Lord as you go. It's ongoing. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Amen? Amen. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. In a dark world, look at the relevance and importance of this particular statement. 
Go to Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8 is a very important message to remember as you move about. As you go from place to place. Remember, we're going to disdain all this grumbling and arguing. We're going to disdain all this, this foolishness in the world today. This, this arguing about nonsense. This stuff that has nothing to do with anything. And redirect people to go back and look at what? Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Amen. And hallelujah. Think about these things. That other junk ain't going to do nothing for you. Because it's junk. Third point. Watch and listen. Watch and listen. Watch and listen. Now there was an old song. Let's see if some of you guys remember this. There's an old song that many of us learned as preschoolers or in kindergarten class. I know it's been a few years since then. But some stuff sticks with you. Amen? Some stuff, I don't know, you know. Some stuff sticks. It was referred to as stop, look, and listen. You remember stop, look, and listen? Stop, look, and listen was taken and used in different ways back in the day. You know, sometimes it was used because it was a, a way to avoid... Uh, problems at railroad crossings where you stop where they didn't have the guards come down you had to make sure you look both directions before you cross right? Well it also applied to us when we were walking back and forth from school because some of us we didn't get rides to school we had to walk. Amen? Amen. Amen. We had to walk uphill both directions. I know going to school and coming back home. Amen. 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 But what did we have to do? We had to stop when you got to a street corner had to stop and make sure you just stopped. That was the first thing. Then you had to look to make sure no traffic was coming in either direction. And you also had to listen in the event they might have heard a car or a truck or something from a distance. Stop looking, listen. Okay, well, believers in, in the same way are to watch and listen as we move about. Watch and listen as we move about in our world. I have seen how the Spirit brings people in our paths who need His counsel. Have you ever had that happen? Somebody just shows up. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know what they're doing there. You don't know why. They might be shopping in the same store with you. And all of a sudden, something happens. There's a person right in front of you who just starts talking to you. Oh, wow. Well, are you watching and listening to what that person is saying? Because that's what the Lord is having you do as part of his harvest efforts. You need to understand that the Spirit brings people in our paths who need this counsel. And before you know it, you're listening to their thoughts, their concerns. They're bringing out to you a total stranger. There's no such thing as a random occurrence of this, everybody. Amen? 
It's not a random occurrence, doggone it. That's the Spirit moving. And you're there to help that person. As for listening, we need to listen and be attentive to their words because the Holy Spirit is going to give you guidance. Once you've heard what they have to say, on what for you to say in response. Watch and listen. All of this can happen very quickly and it can happen at any given moment. Amen? Any given moment. You can leave here today and have that very thing happen to you. Wherever you go. When the time comes, we are to remember to watch and listen. Both of these actions are necessary because they reflect kindness and sensitivity. Kindness and sensitivity, which are important attributes in your service for Jesus Christ. It's how we are to be a light in a world of darkness and uncertainty. Still being a light. Luke 12, turn to that real quick. Luke 12, verses 35 and 36. I love what the verse 35 says. Luke 12, 35 and 36. Make a note of this verse, everybody. Really important verse to look at. It says in Luke 12, 35 and 36, Stay dressed for action. Oh boy. Stay dressed for action. And keep your lamps burning. Keep your lamps burning. That means they have to be burning for people to see. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him once he, once, at once when he comes and knocks. So to remain focused, we have to remain focused as we live out our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? This takes place whether we're doing well or not. And sometimes we just need to be, have to be reminded of God's goodness. And it really is all about Jesus Christ. That's why we do what we do. That's why we are living. That is our reason and purpose for living. That's your will. You're being obedient to God's will. Now, if you haven't been doing this, kind of a hard... Hopefully not too harsh statement. If you haven't been doing this, it's time to repent. It's time to repent. Ask for God's forgiveness. Because if you're created to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and live according to his purpose and you haven't been doing so, you need to ask for his forgiveness. You need to repent. And turn that around. You don't want to live outside of God's will for your life. That's why. Even as a believer in Jesus Christ, that's no excuse. Okay, so you'll basically be saved by fire. From fire. But it's God's will for you to be a light in a dark world. Always remember that. Never forget that. 
We have to remove any obstacles of our selfish design in order to be humble before Him and be of service for Him. Humble yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ and give all of yourself to Jesus. Not just some tiny stuff. All of it. All of yourself. He wants every believer to be a light because you were bought for a price. In salvation, you were bought for a price. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20 says, Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought for a price. So glorify God with your body. Live in the light. Let Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, do the rest of it in faith. It is your God-given opportunity to represent Jesus Christ and the kingdom. So let's do this, everybody. Let's start today. Start today. No better time than the present. Amen? Amen? Start today. If you feel you haven't been living the way you should, to be a light before others in the world, let's take what God is saying here and let's start today. Make the most of it right now and for the rest of your life. Be a light for Jesus. Father, we just thank you for your truths. We thank you, Lord, for how you truly love us. And Lord, you're very patient with us. You have given us messages over and over again about the importance of being ready and being prepared. And some of us might say, prepared for what? Well, first and foremost, prepare for your coming. We need to be ready for that. And we also need to be ready, Lord, to speak to others and be prepared as they come about. Where, Lord, you just chose a remnant of people. Time after time, a number of individuals who are prayerful to you and seeking after you. To truly speak your truth. And in this case... To be a light in a very dark world. Thank you, Lord, for these lessons. Thank you for your teachings. Thank you for your patience as you work with us. Lord, compel us to seek you more and more in all things. And we just give you the praise and thanks for all that you have done and all that you will continue to do in our lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Oh